You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Breaking down Monday Night Football on this Tuesday episode and the late Sunday action, afternoon and evening Sunday Night Football games. A lot of good games to get to to uh, cover here on part two of our week three recap. I do want to remind everybody about our friends at rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Matt, how was your Monday evening? Did you have a good spot on the sofa to kick back and and watch a little Cowboys-Eagles for the rights to be uh, maybe in the driver's seat of the NFC East? Yeah, and enjoyable game. And, of course, a crucial one here with these divisional games. Um, I'm going to start with the Eagles here quickly because I thought Hertz made some nice throws. And made yeah. some questionable plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question- and I more, more questionable feel- than good throws, yeah. right? Yeah, without question. Yeah. And I feel like Sirianni and this whole squad right now is sort of searching and trying to figure out what they are and couldn't run the ball well, even with Hertz running it nine for 35. Um, I, I look at this team and think there are some bright spots. And, man, my man Javon Hargrave from his Steeler days has been a stud oh for the gosh. Eagles and, you know, really – keeping up that mantle of great defensive line play. Um, You know, I think they got a guy in Quez Watkins who seems to have a big play every game. You know, Miles Sanders and Gainwell are are fine. I I think Dallas Goddard has a chance to not be Kelsey or Kittle, but maybe be the featured player in this offense. And they don't seem to agree with me, but they're searching. And Dallas is two tiers ahead of them. I mean, I I tweeted something very simple near the end of the game. I actually think Dallas is a contender. I mean, clearly the class of that division now, they can play it any way you want on offense. The receivers are excellent. The pair of running backs are quite good. Dak's a star and still underrated. But the defense, led by Parsons and Diggs, two young guys, is fast, aggressive, has some swag to them. They're not just looking at each other saying, you got him, I got him, like last year. So, <laughs> right. you know, and the total, the, the thing I want to mention first was this time last year, D- Dallas was turning the ball over like it was free candy, you know, like it was Halloween. And this year, they're taking the ball away, and last night they scored. You nailed it with the the defense, the Dallas Cowboys young defense. It, it's coming along, and that's where I was really worried about the Cowboys. And, and it was still over. And every week, I'm like, "Yeah, take over on the Cowboys game because you know they can score on offense. They've got a lot of talent, but I don't believe in the defense." And this one went over as well with 62 total points. But um, early, like early, early on, there was a lot of defensive plays in this football game, and um, the Fletcher Cox touchdown which was fun yeah. like I, I i think that's one of my favorite things it's a new trend in the nfl is how defenses lose their minds when they make a big play like that and defensive touchdown especially when it's in a, a big man play like fletcher cox like the entire squad goes all the way down in the end zone and they're having a great time and 
it's kind of fun. I don't know. I, I like that, but um, it just makes it. I it, don't like it. <laughs> Maybe I'm old and boring, well, but I never understood. That's like the new trend: is we all got to get together. We got to run eighty yards in and <laughs> and down the other side of the field just so we can all pose together. Like I, don't I like know. it because I mean, it's it feels more genuine like yay let's all celebrate together it's not like hey look how cool i am this awesome thing i did it's like yay let's have fun together this big moment and everyone runs down and everyone loses their minds at first i was like that was a little much but I, for some reason it struck me in that game i i enjoyed that moment they're like rolling okay. around on the ground they're just you know it's it's overdoing it and sometimes it feels contrived but that one it just felt like genuine uh, and I think that point in the game, they were really felt like that was such a massive play. They they were all very excited and wanted to run all the way down, and they didn't have to run very far on this one for everybody to get right. there either. Because they're I don't near disagree the goal with line. that. Sometimes <laughs> they run like sixty yards, yeah. and the nose tackles are like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and then they all take a pose and take a photo in the end zone together. Right. Yeah. Sometimes like, oh, it feels contrived. Awesome. Anytime there's a a celebration that feels contrived and, and it's played out, you know. But this one felt genuine. That's what I. I like about it. They just they're just going crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, Osa Adigazua, another player, one and a half yeah. sacks in this game. Nice young player there for the Cowboys on the interior, and that's important for their defensive line because they need to get after the quarterback, and they're trying to use Micah Parsons in that way a little bit as well. Um, but but you mentioned that the the Eagles weren't able to run the ball. They didn't try to run the ball. Three carries. No, right. You're 100% like right. Like, most teams have Crazy. three carries, at least, I mean, to their running backs. Three carries to their running backs, at least in their first two series, even if you're down, you know. I mean, Miles Sanders got two carries. Literally I mean, you're right. That, that's horrendous. Yeah, that can't happen. So, it I don't like know. like this game was 40 to nothing. Or I even if it was, run the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Jalen Hurts didn't play well in this game, um, but I question no. it. And I had kind of been impressed with Sirianni, the new head coach, you know, uh, a couple of weeks and, and pulling off a week one win and playing the Niners really tight last week. But I really feel like he dropped the ball here. I saw uh, someone said there was zero pre-snap motion for the Eagles offense. And it's like, wow, with that offense. And um, I don't know. You, basically, they just tried to ask Jalen Hurts to be Superman. They didn't even try to do anything else. And so I don't love that for them. And they just couldn't keep up with the Cowboys. Uh, another note I have here on the Cowboys side of things on offense is Zeke running a little angrier this year. Maybe does, did, was he reading some pre press clippings over the course of the offseason? And maybe it was this game just, you know, jacked up for Monday night against a division rival. Maybe he was a little ex had a little extra juice in this one compared to even some earlier games this season. But a good sign seeing Zeke run the ball the way he did last night. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I mean, found the end zone several times. Um, probably is feeling some heat from Pollard and... Frankly, I mean, they're very different styles of backs, especially at this stage of Elliott's career where he's on the back nine. I'm not saying he's done, but those guys tend to have to rely on their physicality and their guile. And, you know, and I think it's a really good pairing. And sometimes you see them on the field together. But you're right. Zeke is running hard and very competitive. I, th I think this team smells that they're a lot better than they were a year ago. But you nailed it, Matt. You predicted a big win for the Cowboys on Monday Night Football over the Eagles, and it absolutely was. Let me ask you this question now, because I had my doubts, and I think you were a little bit more bullish on the Dallas Cowboys coming into the season than I was. Raiders, Dallas Cowboys, neutral field play next week. Who wins? Ooh. I'm not the biggest McCarthy guy. I mean, that's one of my concerns with this team, but I do feel like Garrett's doing a nice job and well, the coordinators are doing a nice job and McCarthy's kind of stepped back and let them do their job. So I give him credit for that. 
I'm going to take Dallas. I'm always so rough on the Raiders, but man, <laughs> I, I think Dallas is the slightly better offense and the slightly better defense. I just wanted uh, Raiders fans uh, to, to have one more that. reason to right. to hit you on Twitter at Williamson NFL. By the way, for you uh, Raiders fans out there. But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I want to see it one more time from the Raiders. But both these teams are playing really well right now, and uh, you got to like the direction they're going. I just brought them up because they're two teams that I think were are playing a lot better than I expected them to be playing, Without and question. are now in the driver's seat of both of their divisions. And uh, yeah. obviously, the NFC East a lot easier to hold on to that top spot in the division, I think, this year than it will be in the AFC West. So th- these two teams are going to be fun to follow, see if uh, they come back to earth a little bit, to see if they continue to grow. Um, but a, f- a fun team in Dallas right now, and they can score with anybody. Uh, sort of a question I threw to you yesterday about the West and the AFC. Do you agree with me that I will take Dallas versus the field in the East? Right now, I would, yes. After seeing that on Monday Night Football and seeing what Washington has looked like, I would absolutely take Dallas versus the field in the East. I would take, I think, the field versus Kansas City in the West. Yeah, I mean, that's a tougher question, obviously. But I I, I think Dallas is really in control of that division. I actually think the Titans are really in control of their division, too. You know, two of the probably the worst divisions in the league. That defensive front, though, um, I'm, Hargrave, you brought up. I just the the last note. I wanted to make sure we say some good things about the Eagles because Cox, Hargrave, th- those guys are going to give teams trouble all year long. Yes, but yes. in this game, it, it wasn't enough. Like uh, the the rest of the defense kind of let them down against uh, the Cowboys, and you expect it. And really, the the thing that I think you can't have if you're the Eagles because they have so much talent on the outside at wide receiver and Zeke Elliott. But like Dalton Schultz, like juking guys in the open field and scoring touchdowns, you, you can't have that on top of everything else. No, no I mean, the, those type of dudes can't beat you. And Cedric Wilson making a play or two and those type of things. And I mean, that's just the beauty of of Lamb and Cooper and Elliott and Pollard and all those guys that, that the peripheral dudes, and we see it with Kansas City all the time, just have a lot easier path to you know winning one-on-one matchups. Do you think Devontae Smith is a bad match with Jalen Hurts? Hmm. Hertz is less of a you know timing rhythm passer. I feel like yes. Devontae Smith would go really well with like a Tom Brady type of a quarterback that's just like back foot, where you're gonna be route runner. Um and and I think Hertz while he can make some plays, you saw Quez Watkins get open deep and, and actually I loved the way Quez Watkins went up and, and pulled the ball down from a yeah. Cowboys defender. You know, seen him make plays on the ball is good. You know, they they took a shot at Rager that was picked off. But um, I just feel like the timing aspect of the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles offense and the way that Jalen Hurts plays, I don't know if that's the perfect match. And Devontae Smith is a really good player, and he's going to be fine. But maybe a more timing-based passing game would be better for Devontae Smith. I'm kind of mad at myself. I haven't thought of that till now. It's a really good question you brought up. And the answer is yes, I think it's a bad matchup because Hurts is a see-it-and-throw-it passer. And I think he's gotten a little better at that. Mm-hmm. I mean... When you're at Bama and Oklahoma, you have time. The guy comes open. You let it rip. Cool. You know, the comparison for Smith was Marvin Harrison. And right. the beauty of Marvin Harrison was Peyton Manning and Marvin Harrison. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. just that was on indefensible. And that's a high, lofty comparison, of course. But we're just talking stylistically here. Yes, I want to see a Brady, a Manning. I mean, that type of passer would be better for Smith, yes. 
There was another really good primetime game this week. The Packers edged the 49ers on Sunday night football. We'll get to that one next and some really good games on Sunday afternoon that we haven't covered yet this week as well, like Buccaneers, Rams, Dolphins, Raiders, and Seahawks, Vikings next. All right, NFL fans, there's an app out there that everybody needs to know about, especially those of you who get gas, which is probably most of you, especially those driving in the mornings listening to their favorite podcasts. And our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's $0.50 cents cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card. Super easy. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get that bonus of up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN on the GetUpside app. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including Online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest. And get a 100% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKED ON. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, your computer, whatever you got to sign up today and receive that 100% welcome bonus. There's news and odds on just about anything you can imagine, from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's go to Levi's Stadium, the home opener for the 49ers. After two big road wins to start the year, they had the Green Bay Packers in week three, and it was Aaron Rodgers and the Packers with 37 seconds left on the clock that got marched down, got Mason Crosby in field goal range, and beat the Niners. 30 to 28. We just talked about the Eagles. And the Eagles really hung and even more than hung with the 49ers up front. I think they beat the 49ers up front, both offensive line and defensive line play in week two. Mm -hmm. And then you see the Eagles show up against the Cowboys the very next week, and they didn't dominate the Cowboys up front like the like they did with the 49ers. And then you see the 49ers that on paper should have just eaten against a third-string left tackle of the Packers. They're starting two rookies on the offensive line besides even what was going on at left tackle. That should have been a clear win for the 49ers. They ran them completely out of the building the last few times they've played. That's been the sort of the Kyle Shanahan way of beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers is keeping Rodgers off the field. None of those things happen. Are the 49ers in trouble up front, Matt? When you're watching this game, are you surprised at how the 49ers front, which is how this team is built, is not controlling the game more in the first few weeks of the season? A little. It's. A, I mean, that's a pretty good in-depth question. I mean, Bosa was whipping that dude, though. You know I mean? like well, they That's the thing. So he them. started off hot, and he ruined yeah. the first drive for the Packers, and then it kind of disappeared. They stopped winning up front, and, yeah. and, and Rodgers had all kinds of time. So he started off on fire, and it, and it sort of went away. And... 
the 49ers only used one running back in the entire game, Trey Sermon. He's the only guy that got any carries, 10 carries. They gave Kyle Juszczyk the fullback the first carry. They gave they handed the ball off to George Kill, Brandon Ayuk. Jimmy G took a, a carry. Trey Lance took a carry. Debo Samuel took two carries. All not running backs. So they just almost kind of gave up on the running game and didn't even try. And you can't really do that and go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers and give him back the football that often. So I, no. I just thought that was an oddball of a game for the 49ers, and the game script did not go the 49ers' way. And I thought they almost were going to get out of there, and, and I had the feeling that they had stolen that game after that use check touchdown late because I didn't think they deserved to win it. And it turned out in the end that they gave Rodgers too much time. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, it shocked me, and I, I've been a Trey Sermon guy, and a lot of that is fantasy-related, that, that use check looked like he might be the feature ball carrier to start the thing. I'm like, hey, he's a good player, but give the young guy a, yeah. you know, some action here. And the running game in general was a little odd. Samuel had five carries. Ayuk had four. Sanu had three. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing here. I, I, I totally screwed that up. But they, they did give they Kittle did carries, a carry. Yeah. Ayuk a carry. You know, Lance, Kittle. Samuel had two. You it's know, not like often that your team of, hands off the ball to their, your tight end. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, but most teams don't have George Kittle, but still. And you know this better than me, but it seems like the O-line for San Fran, back to your original question, is struggling a little. Like, I wonder if Alex uh, Mack is, it might be shot. Um, frankly, uh, watching that game, I thought there was a case to bring Trey Lance in at the half or, you know, just kickstart things and change things up. And not that Jimmy was terrible, but it wasn't enough against Green Bay. And it felt like that from the start, to your point. Um yeah, I mean, I think the lines of scrimmage for the Niners are not as dominant as maybe we expected yet. You know, and Green Bay throws 18 passes to Devontae Adams, and then <laughs> nobody else has, you know, Valdez Scantling has a big play, and Lazard is a big play. But it, it amazes me, and I think it speaks to Rodgers' greatness, that Everyone knows who's getting the ball on this offense and where the ball, you know, the targets are going to go. It's going to go to Jones and Adams. And it's almost, again, kind of like Kansas City, you know, that there's a couple stars and they get fed every week and they're a handful and the quarterback adjusts and understands where the rush is coming from and where the weaknesses are in the defense. And Rodgers carves them up. And, you know, we didn't even mention the last drive of the game, which was yet another signature moment for a superstar quarterback. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it was a fun game, but I do think the better team won, and it sounds like you agree with me. Yeah, the, the Packers were the better team pretty much the entire game. Uh, the Niners had a nice little comeback there and almost stole that one. But Rodgers, I mean, Rodgers is Rodgers, a Hall of Famer, and, and 37 seconds is crazy to think. 37 seconds is no timeouts and is too much time. And uh, it's funny, I was listening to local radio, Brent Jones, former 49er, was on. Yeah. And he's like, at some point, you know they're going to Devontae Adams. Uh, treat him like a punt gunner. Put two guys on him and don't even let him off the line of scrimmage. You know, uh, especially yeah. late in that game. And and so that's sort of uh, you know uh, an old school, an old timer like looking at the game a certain way. But like you can't let Devonte Adams beat you. Eighteen targets, you know, twelve catches, one hundred thirty-two yards, and a touchdown. And on that last drive, just making big plays. You, you can't single up on him. You got to roll something his way. Maybe playing a little too soft because they didn't need to get that far to get into field goal range on the 49ers defense. So, um, but all in all, Packers. After that week one sort of aberration, I think maybe extended extended preseason feel to week one around the NFL, I think the last two weeks we can start to really see who these teams are. And teams like the Bills yeah. and the Packers after funky week ones uh, are the, the real deal. Yeah, and the Packers beat your team. They play my team this week. Uh, I don't think that's going to go particularly well for the Stullers. 
Um, one thing I just want to throw at you is because I don't know if you're aware of it or not with your Niner background. And, and frankly, I'm just admitting my weaknesses here. I wish I was better at understanding clock management and when to call timeouts and mm. when not to. And I stole this from Mike Lombardi. I was listening to his podcast this morning. And he mentioned, you know, when the Niners scored, what was there, like, I'm guessing, like 40-some seconds on the clock? Yeah, for this 37. 37 seconds. Is what 37. Yeah. Shanahan made a tactical error here that's undisputable. He kicked the ball out of the end zone. I mean, you have to. Right. It's, it's only five or six seconds, but you have to kick that ball in play, let the clock run four seconds, five seconds. Maybe something bad happens. Maybe the guy takes it to the house. But just giving it to Rodgers without taking any time off the clock at the 25-yard line is a mistake. I think that has been a, a deficiency for Kyle Shanahan throughout his tenure as a head coach is the yeah. clock management stuff. Um, he's definitely not a lot of those nerdy great play callers, Andy Reid types, mm -hmm. have that deficiency because they're thinking about the plays. Right, they're so locked into this one yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you need. The, there's this famous clip when Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator of the Browns. Mike Pettin was head coach, and young Kyle Shanahan's uh, calling plays, and and Mike and they're mic'd up, and Mike Pettin looks over at him he's like, "We should run the ball here, right?" And Kyle looks at him like, oh, I was definitely not going to call a run play there. But he's like, my head coach, you know, wanted <laughs> yeah. me to run the ball. Like, sometimes you kind of need that filter, you know, like, hey, hey, Kyle, call a timeout here. Or, hey, Kyle, what are you doing? Fourth and one at the 49-yard line down 10. Don't punt the ball. That, a punt is a turnover here. You got to go for it on fourth and one. And, and I think that was egregious, too. And, you know, some people are like, oh, no, Kyle Juszczyk, you got to tell him in the huddle, you, you go down at the one-yard line and then set up for, you know, uh, to run the clock a little bit more, you got three timeouts. Like I don't know if you can do that necessarily. You're trying to get in turning the down zone. touchdowns is hard for me. To yeah, score. that's that's yeah. rough when you're really trying to get down there and score. So I don't know about that one, but the fourth and one was a mistake. And yeah, he kicked the ball. Don't kick the ball out of the end zone. You gotta you gotta drain some seconds off the clock. And like two, like, yep. even if it's two seconds, you got it's two free seconds you could drain off the clock when you got a Hall of Famer on the other side. It might be one less play that Rodgers gets to snap the ball. Right. You know, I mean that stuff matters. Um, we have a lot of other things to cover, but. I mean, if, I very much believe, and I understand this the human element. These coaches have massive egos, and they're in charge of the whole organization and the CEO of the San Francisco 49ers, which really is like being the CEO of Apple. You know, I mean, they're massive, massive jobs. But I do believe you could give someone six figures from MIT that's a clock management master, and once in a while he's in your headset. Three times a game he says, hey, Kyle, hey, Andy, you know, hey Tomlin, you know, you need to, you need to punt this one, or you need to go for it. And not all even geeky numbers, but I mean, just sometimes you, you can't see it through the trees, you know. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And I think some teams have that, or some teams have it just a chart, and it's all pre. It's just pre done. Yeah. So if they say, hey, this much time, this is down in distance. This is where you go for it. And so I don't know. Forty nine. But I do they... think there's a feel involved too, and knowing your team, and yeah. boy, your left guard and left tackle can't block a soul, so you have to take that chart and throw it <laughs> fire. But you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, we we definitely have to move on. But the NFC West very interesting, especially with this team, the Seattle Seahawks, losing again. One and two. Are now. you worried They're, about them? Like the AFC West, it's uh, the Seattle Seahawks looking up. At a tough division now, just like the Chiefs are at one and two in fourth place in that division. And the Vikings did a number on them, 30 to 17, a huge win for the Vikings. We were talking about like, oh, my God, put Mike Zimmer on, you know, firing watch if they go to 0 and three, because that's so tough. I saw uh, uh, I don't remember which sports book it is, but it was 100 to one odds for the Packers to win the wild card in the north. 
So that's huh. how confident they are that the Packers are going to win the NFC North? Yeah. Do you think the Vikings or maybe the Bears? Uh, oh God, not after the Bears. And like, uh, I understand why it's that, but 100 to 1 odds essentially for the Vikings to win the North and for the Packers to get the wild card? Do you think that's a possibility? Is that worth putting some money on? At 100 to 1, yeah. I, I mean, mean come on. Rodgers a stub a toe, you know, or right. Adams maybe to get hurt. or Yeah, I mean, that's extreme odds. I mean, I think I picked Minnesota as my seventh team, and think that, and frankly, they're as close to being two as two and zero oh as they could be to zero oh and two. So, you know, their record was a little deceiving. Um, I guess so. They're right with the Titans and Dallas as being in control of their division. You know, we kind of mentioned that earlier in the show, and this is like the least scientific thing that I've ever said on the podcast. But sometimes teams. And I think I even said this before the game. Like, I can't picture the Vikings being 0-3. You know, like, sometimes the gods just kind of line things up where you guys have gotten two really brutal breaks and now it's your, your, you know, your back's against the wall. You understand you're a better team than this. You're at home and you play your best game, you know. And even though I thought Seattle was a better football team going into this game, but they ran the ball really well and controlled the clock without Dalvin Cook. And I don't say this nearly enough, Vikings fans, so my apologies, but Kirk Cousins played awesome. He was great in this game. Kirk Cousins is really good, yeah. And the, the the Seahawks' defense was really bad. I think there was a combination of those two things, and you start to get a little bit worried about that Seahawks defense now. Uh, Alexander Madison ran wild. I mean, this is, we're not even talking about Dalvin Cook in there for the Vikings. 26 carries, 112 yards. Kirk Cousins, 30 of 38. High efficiency with big plays. Three touchdown passes, 128.4 rating there. And Russell Wilson was fine on the other side. A little bit of a get-well game for, for – and we had talked about it. Like, you know, maybe it's a good buy-low opportunity for DK Metcalf, and he did break out in this game, even though most of it was early. And, and they kind of – I think they changed things defensively and, and, and tried to take that away from the Seahawks with DK Metcalf going off early and he had six catches 107 yards in a touchdown but um, yeah back to the uh, offensive side for the Vikings and the defensive side for the Seahawks that's where I thought this game was absolutely won and the Seahawks defense at some point you start to get a little bit worried about it and especially like look if they're playing the NFC East it's okay if you're one and two right now but in the NFC West that's tough it's a tough place for them to come back from and there's a big one coming up this week with the Niners and Seahawks which is super important for both teams. It is, and I almost must wins too early in September, but boy, Seattle needs that one. I guess both teams really, really need that one. Um, the Rams look so good. Yeah, you're right. Seattle's D, very little pass rush, poor run defense. Just a bad day. I mean, it's not the most talented group in the world to begin with. So that is worrisome. Um, I, I have a hunch Seattle will figure things out and get harder to play against as the season goes on, but they're searching a little bit right now too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of must wins, this was a must win for the Vikings. So big, big yes, on them. And they yes. beat a they beat a good team. And the Seattle's still a good team. So huge win for the Vikings. Uh, and it, their season might have just been gone straight into the tank if they started off zero and three. One of the routes that DK Metcalf for a guy that so much is made about his three cone, he broke off. Uh, <laughs> he broke off a nice little route on Patrick Peterson, the veteran. Got him with like a. A, a little guy like a Wes Welker type of route you know I believe the the China route they call it sort of the reverse of the whip route got him he does cut much better than his three cone time would indicate he probably had a bad day at the combine by all accounts he's an unbelievably hard worker he's clearly a gifted human being like few others 
and it's never going to be his strength, but he's much better at it than he was, you know, in college or certainly what his combine numbers showed. I think so if DK Metcalf, he's a special player. I think if DK just stopped the combine, took his cleats off, and went home basically after the forty, right. he would have got drafted. He would have got drafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to walk in with your shirt off. He would have got drafted right. a full round higher. I think I, that I think that yes, three cones scared some teams off. He would have went as ahead of Andy that is. Isabella and those dudes. Yes, right. absolutely. And I'd prefer him not to be a Seattle Seahawks, to be honest. I bet. He's <laughs> a terror. Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner all over the place as usual, but the D-line in Seattle and the corners in Seattle, that is worrisome going forward. We'll see if they can overcome that in the coming weeks. But next, we got to finish up with a couple of really good games and a couple of undefeateds with... The Raiders, Dolphins, and Rams, Bucks to close the book on week three. You know what I love about Rock Auto? Not only are they a family business and rockauto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you are into cars or even just a do-it-yourselfer with some minor repairs and minor parts here or there to keep your car in prime condition, you can find everything you need. You don't need to go to some chain store with their oddball pricing and never knowing what's in stock and never knowing what the guy on the other side of the counter is looking at on the screen. And chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or any account login. And they have literally everything. Blows my mind what they have in stock at RockAuto.com for your specific car, whether it be a classic or your daily driver. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Those pesky Raiders, Matt, they let the Dolphins back in. I was already tweeting about about how the Raiders were 3-0 like in the third quarter. And because I thought that game was over and the Dolphins made their way back in this game. 31-28, though, in overtime after a little even back and forth in OT. The Raiders unbeaten 3-0. The Dolphins without two and now one and two. I thought Brissett played okay. Um, but do you think the Dolphins are a little bit in trouble right now? Minus Tua, who went on IR. I don't know that that's the reason. I mean, I don't think the gap from Tua to Brissett is that cavern, is that massive. You know, I mean, uh, he's better, and clearly, big picture, you want him playing. I just think behind that offensive line, which might be the last in the league or the Bears, you yeah. know, th- that I'm not sure it matters all that much. And I didn't think Brissett played terrible. Um, I do think Miami's defense was decent, and they are good up front. And you know, Miami doesn't run the ball very well. I mean, their numbers at the end of the day were okay, but it's a hard thing to count on. You know, this was an odd game for Miami in that it was all kinds of Waddle and Gasecki, and Gasecki's been kind of quiet. I think Waddle's coming on huge. How about this, it, though? Waddle, 12 catches. For it's hard to a do. guy as dynamic as him, 12 for 58 yards, that's right. Like the that's like a, a running back line, you know, where you just kind of toss him to him out of the backfield. Not a guy who can get downfield like Waddle can. So that's odd that he would catch so many passes and, and have a long of nine after 12 catches for a guy who runs four threes. Right, because I don't think they can protect. I mean, they're treating him kind of like a Rondell Moore, you know, get it out, swing pass type of guy. 
Um, and then I don't know if you saw this play, but they're on their own one yard line. They throw it to him like three yards deep in the end zone. He's immediately tackled for a safety. Like what on earth? That was, that? in fact, <laughs> I do have a stat on that. Uh, this this is from Pro Football Reference. The the safety in the Dolphins Raiders game is the first in our play by play database on a completed pass with no penalties or fumbles. First time there's been a safety on a completed pass with no penalties wow. or fumbles. That's crazy. Yeah, but not the best play call. Hey, but I'm I, I'm avoiding the elephant in the room here. I got to give the Raiders credit. I mean they they battle um, a lot of Peyton Barber. Peyton really Barber think, looked good. Yeah, I mean, dude runs I, hard. He he definitely runs hard. And you watch this game, him. and you get the feeling, man. I guess it's not that big of a drop off as you, as you thought it might be at running back for them. And he just completely carried the load. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely think Carr is in the MVP type conversation. I mean, uh, they keep this up, and you know, the young guys, Edwards, Ruggs, Renfro. I mean, those guys are a quality group of receivers. I don't know what the really well. I don't know what the preseason odds were for Derek Carr to win MVP. They were probably pretty tasty. Ooh, and right yeah. now he's got the perfect recipe going with a team that's unbeaten and he's leading the league in passing yards. I don't think that the, that's going to keep up, but if it does, I mean Derek Carr right now after 3 weeks is your league MVP, right? I think I mean Brady's no longer the leader in the clubhouse. Um maybe Stafford I mean, I'm just pulling names yeah. out, of th- out of thin air. And still, and, and I mean, even Brady would probably still get some votes, I think, even though they Who? lost a game. Brady. Yeah, I mean, I would probably still bet on Mahomes above all, but you know, what if the Raiders win the division? Yeah. Uh, how about this one, Henry Ruggs? Develop developing in year two, as you would expect, right? Like, uh, he's a I'm, real receiver. He's, he's a complete receiver, a uh, and, yes. and I saw this on his college tape was toughness, ability to go up and get the ball. He's got this crazy vertical oh, yeah. and like he, he can sky Very and get the ball. Um, but there's a toughness to his game and you need to win dirty in the NFL as a receiver to be really good. And he has some of that and it's, it's taken him a while, but he's looking more and more legit every single week. And so that's huge for uh, the Raiders and they've needed some patience there with two rookie uh, or two second-year guys that were rookies last year and, and uh, some some banged-up rookie seasons for Edwards and Ruggs, and they're looking like a real solid one, too, with a nice little slot guy in Renfro and obviously uh, you know a target hog sort of tied in and Darren Waller. So some nice little passing weapons for Carr now. Without question. Um, I'm going to go off-topic real quick because I just got a blurb on my phone that Semimalu, the guard for the Eagles, is out for the year which is their second guard they've lost for the year. And I, I know he's not the greatest player, but I just wanted to bring it up super quick because it's amazing the O-line injuries that the Eagles have withstood over the last couple of years. And now they've lost their two starting guards for the year, and it's September 27th or something. It's crazy. That's crazy. It is yeah. insane the amount of injuries we're seeing in the NFL, too. We've got to move on to one more game yep, here yep. that we haven't even covered, and that is... The Rams at three and zero. This is a big one. This Strong, was the, uh, this was the game of the week, probably just because of these two teams and um, big implications for playoffs and you know big personalities and the Stafford Rams at home defeating the Tom Brady Buccaneers, the defending Super Bowl champions, thirty four twenty four. The Bucks now two and one, and they're not first place in their division. It's the Carolina Panthers which is uh, something that I don't think anybody saw coming as much as I liked the Panthers coming into the year. And the Rams, uh, 
3-0 in the NFC West. And they came on strong, especially in the, the second and third quarters of this game. Um, what, what were your takeaways here? What were your big thoughts watching the Rams beat the Buccaneers Sunday? Um, a couple of Buccaneer notes, first of all, to, to start this off, is they walked into a bit of a buzzsaw. You know, I mean, th- that was a tough situation. It doesn't matter if you're Brady or whomever. It's just a tough situation for any team. Their corners are a bit of a problem right now. They're past the fence, and it sounds like your boy Richard Sherman is talking to the Bucks, which is noteworthy. You didn't have A.B. Gronk got hurt in the game. Ramsey's going to take away a receiver. So it just made it a little more difficult without question. Um, Donald and company caused a lot of problems. But I think all you need to know is when Tom Brady's your leading rusher, things aren't going to script. Three for 14 <laughs> for TB12. That's a good point. I mean, <laughs> That's this, crazy. That yeah. was a pathetic rushing performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, and, and it wasn't like Brady had some sneaky long run or something. He was three for no. 14. So Ronald Jones was five for 11. Fournette was four for eight. And Chris Godwin got in there with the carry, um, which was a two-yard touchdown. So that, uh, yeah, that is not ideal there. And one thing I'm worried about defensively now for the Bucks is their pass defense because of the yep. injuries at corner and their front, which should be just monstrous is not pressuring quarterbacks as much as I expected. No, I mean, Washington's in that mold as well. Like these guys are really good up front. They should be better in controlling the game with their defensive front. Um, not quite seeing it. I mean, even you throw, you know, the same group as last year and you throw Joe Tryon into the mix. I mean, you would think it'd even be better. And he looks really good so, in the preseason too. It was like, oh my God, yeah, they're going to yeah. add this guy to the mix. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So all year, their defense has not been quite the same and defense is less sticky year to year than offense. I'm not worried about the Bucks. I'm not worried about them in their division, even though they're now not in first place anymore. I do think Stafford is an, immense shot in the arm for the Rams. Yeah. And, you know, we got Deshaun Jackson involved in this game, and they, they can throw a lot at you. Um, really well coached, of course, too. The Yeah, I mean, the coach is a big one. And, look, it was good on good. Definitely not worried about the Buccaneers. Home team won in a sort of a playoff sort of atmosphere game here with two really good football teams that, who knows, could see each other again in January. But – my first, my biggest takeaway probably in this entire game, and you mentioned the coaches there, was how jacked up Sean McVay was this entire game. Like he ran, oh man, probably yeah. what seventy yards down to the end zone. I've never seen a head coach hug a player in the end zone that just scored a touchdown when he, when he chased down Deshaun Jackson. He was beyond the end zone. He was like halfway in the tunnel to go run down Deshaun Jackson after that long 75-yard touchdown. So um, he was just... He um, got his Fitbit steps in, I think. Oh, absolutely. And he's already yeah. you know that kind of a high-energy guy, but he was out of his mind Sunday. Yeah, he absolutely was. Um, a guy who's been out of his mind, I'm just not sure if we've mentioned yet this year, is Cooper Cup. I mean, he's been yes. unbelievable and consistent and used in so many ways. The Rams have a lot of ways to beat you. Uh, I mean, they are they the best team in the league right now? I mean, if you did a power ranks today, are yes. they number one? Absolutely, because the only two yeah, teams they, ahead of yeah. them were the Bucks and the Chiefs, who who both lost, and the Rams yeah. beat the Bucks, who were number one. So I think you have to have Rams one, even if Tampa Bay is still two. Rams are number one in your power rankings, and, and yeah. for the I mean, locked on the network, we vote on them every week, and I did have the Rams at number one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Packers, the Bills, the Browns. They all lost in round one, too. Like, there's not a 
a team that was seven or eight that's storming it that should be number one. So, yeah, I think the Rams are the best team in the league right this minute. You could argue that the Bills could be number two. Agreed. Boy, that'd be a fun game. I, I, I To be honest with you, I think maybe smart money right now today, from what we know after three NFL weeks, Rams-Bills might be the most likely Super Bowl as of right now today, which could obviously change. Of course, but wow. I mean, I'm not good at odds and all those things, but I'm sure you can bet these things on every side. Of course you can. I bet, what is that, 12 to 1 that you get a Rams-Bills Super Bowl? And yeah. you don't even, you know, just the matchup? Yeah, that's probably not a bad bet considering what the payoff, I assume, would be. We'll see if that holds. Uh, if you have thoughts on any of these things, hit up Matt and I for our Twitter Tuesdays that have sort of moved to Wednesdays for the regular season because we need so much time to get through all these games every week on Monday and Tuesday. So at Williamson NFL at BD Peacock, tag us and we'll answer some questions tomorrow. We'll have some midweek stock ups and stock downs as we start to turn the page to week four right here. Peacock and Williamson.